You're listening to Girl Talk, a podcast for girls, hosted by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Girls are go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders. As the premier leadership organization for girls, Girl Scouts sets the standard. Girl Scouts is the girl expert, and in a world full of challenges, we're in Girl's Corner. Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah, and I'm here with Idell. Hey. And today, we're welcoming a special guest, Tammy Elliott, to the podcast. Tammy is an experienced leader in a lot of different ways, but compassionately leading a team is her specialty. She's the president of the Los Angeles Film School, which is a huge accomplishment that we're excited to hear about. But the reason she's a special guest is she's also my mom. Tammy, welcome to Girl Talk. Well, hello. Hello, Hannah, and hello, Idell. What a privilege to be here with you. Yeah, it's a privilege to have you on the show with us. It's great. It's so great. And because we're recording remotely right now, we can have special guests from all over the country. So you're coming to us from Los Angeles. I am the heart of Hollywood, California. So cool. How are things in that area with all the fires going on? Smoky. We've been very, very careful because of COVID. Now we have to be extra, extra careful because of the smoke. Just uh, my heart is breaking for all the folks that are losing their homes and it's, it's pretty intense right now. But there's a lot of good people out there that's helping and making it work. And uh, we hope that the season, the fire season comes over quickly. Yeah. Well, we're thinking about all of you here in the Midwest. Thanks. Yeah. So we're super excited. We're going to talk about leadership, which is something we talk a lot about a lot on the podcast because, well, Girl Scouts is a leadership organization. So we're passionate about that. But we like it because everybody kind of has a different leadership story. So we'd love to know more about your leadership story. Like, how did you get into leadership? And was it always natural for you? Well, let's just start out with a hard question. Okay. <laughs> Jump right in. <laughs> how, did, how did I get into leadership? I think that it, it happened for me. I, I never, I've never thought of myself as a leader. I think that it happened simply because I was loving what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I found my purpose. Finally, I was a slow bloomer on that one. It took a while for me to figure that one out. But once I found it, then the cool thing is I found a place that allowed me to be that. So by be, me being and doing what I love to do, which is help people and to work with people as the organization grew, I was growing, the team was growing. So I had a lot of years of trial and error. And then it was almost gifted to me. It was almost like I, I wasn't like striving or ambitious for it. It was just, it was almost gifted to me. It was, Tammy, you're doing really well at this. How about being the manager? I started as a receptionist, right? I started in 1991 as a receptionist and and I was just going to be there for a year anyway. And it was just this job that I had, I took to make money. And then one year ended up five years, ended up 25 years. And so in that period of time, I would just do the things that I knew needed to be done. And and in order to give our students just a great experience to the best of my ability and, and our students a great experience for the from the department, it was those moments where my su- supervisors would come to me and go, you know, you'd be a great director. Okay, let's try that, <laughs> you know? And then and then I remember the the day, like 15, 10, whatever years into the 25, the day that the meeting was called and and I was promoted to vice president. I, I, what? 
You know, and I remember asking them, what do I have to learn how to do to become a vice president? You know, and they and they said, just keep doing what you're doing. So I think I was in a very fortunate position in a very f- wonderful company that gave me the freedom to learn what I love to do and to do it well, and then to begin to teach that. And then they offered me these amazing opportunities to grow with the organization. Wow. Did that answer? What was the question? I think that was a perfect answer. So I, I want to know like out of that, because I feel like I have a similar story Mm -hmm. with like, like discovering my own leadership qualities, but so just sort of like thinking about my own experience and applying it to yours. I want to know like how it felt to make, have to make those decisions. Like, was it easy for you to be like, Oh, cool, I'll be a VP. Or were you like, oh, let me think about it. And then you had to go home and be like, this sounds really hard. (laughs) So like, you know, I think that can apply to anything from any age where you're like taking on these challenges that might help you grow, but it's like really scary and risky. So tell us about that. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, (laughs) I have two answers. One answer is there, I did have moments in my journey where where the words were said, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're already doing the job. You just don't know that you're a manager. You just don't know you're a director. You're already doing it. So just here's the title, keep doing that. And and I learned that they had, sometimes I learned that they had more faith in me than I did. So I began to see their faith like reflected and I was like, oh, okay, I'm doing something good. I'm doing something right. Now, when it came to, the next jump from vice president to president of uh, of a sister school in California, that was when I really had to seriously think about that. I had a ton of questions. I had a ton of unknowns. I'm, I was a farm girl. I've never lived in a city. I've never, there's so much cement around here. I, you know, just there's, and, and it's such a different culture and so it wasn't just about the title or the job. It was about this huge change that I was going to make in my life. And so that one, I needed to deliberate on that. I needed to seek counsel. And I think that's one of the things that I do, whether I'm doing a really great job or whether I need some help, I believe in the collective. I know I don't know everything. I'm very, very clear of that. <laughs> I know that I'm so, I know, I know less than what I don't know. And so what I do with that is I always reach out to people that I respect and admire and I ask them their opinions. I, I ask for their counsel. In that huge decision to, to make this leap to president with so many unknowns, that was when I sought counsel. And I sought counsel with people from the school that I had grown up with. I sought counsel with my family and my loved ones. And then, Idell, the answer was, and you said it, the answer was, I called them back and I said, I'll try. I didn't say yes. I didn't say I was going to be great. I didn't say that I was not going to be great. I, I'll try. And, yeah. and and I'm still trying every day. I'm still trying every day. And yeah. they were okay with that answer because they trusted you and they Isn't maybe that, knew you better than you knew yourself. Yes, yes. And they saw stuff in me that maybe I didn't even notice or that I maybe I didn't want to see. And so, so I'm trying. Yeah. I think that's 
really, I mean, I was kind of a part of the conversation as you were sort of making that decision too. And like, from my outside perspective, I was like, yes, this is it. (laughs) Do it. You know what I mean? But I think like when you're faced, anyone is faced with like a decision like that. It helps. Like, I like what you said about seeking counsel. It helps to talk to other people and get that outside perspective because you might end up, you know, finding out that everybody else thinks you're ready kind of thing. And, And that's kind of one of the questions we had was, when you were offered to be president of the sister school, how did you ultimately know that you were ready or did you? Can you hold on to that question? Cause you said something that I think is really, really important yeah. about seeking counsel and then, yeah. and then bring me back to that question. I'll answer that question. The people that you seek counsel for have to have your best, best interest at heart. If they do not have your best interest at heart, you're seeking the wrong counsel. Yeah. So, so you and my loved ones and the people I, I'm very specific about who I seek counsel for from because some other folks that don't have my best interest at heart might give me counsel that is not to my best interest. Does does, does that make sense? It's like be very careful about when you seek counsel and, and, and sometimes best interest is someone saying that loves me, someone saying, you know, Tam, you're forgetting about this other thing. You know, it it might not be the right time because of X or that's someone who loves me too, you know? So I just wanted to make that clear is that just because Mm -hmm. you seek counsel from an opinions doesn't mean that everyone has the best interest for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. All right. Thank you. So like, like internally then, like outside of the external people kind of encouraging you, How did you know you were ready to take on this next step to be a president? Well, Hannah, this answer is going to maybe take this car, you know, off-roading because you're part of it. Okay. So, okay. So just so you know, there, I had like five reasons I had, I came up with five reasons to say yes. And I'm going to make them very, very quick. I'll I'll tell you very, very quick. One was I've had two women in my life that I have made decisions about all my life. And one is my mom. And so my mom, I I imagine holding my mom's hand in my left hand and, and she was at a place in her life with my brother moving close by. I was able to let go of her hand and move across the entire country because my brother was now close by and he could watch over her. So that was one woman. The other woman was you. I'm holding you in my, in my right hand. And you had landed in Minneapolis. You were up and running. You had found your, your job, your career, your dream. You have this amazing partner. You have this circle of friends. You hadn't asked me for money in about six months. <laughs> and, and I was like, there's a bar. Like, so you know it's good. I know. Right? So it was like, so it was all of this. All of this is like, okay, I'm I've got them by my side, but I don't need to hold on to them so tight any longer. So those are two very, very important things. With respect to my department at the school that I was leaving, they were ready. They were so ready. I bet they had a celebration after I left because I had been there for 25 years and nobody could move up. And so it's like, I'm sure that there was a party when I left, but they were so ready for me to get out of their way. So I knew that that was in a safe place. 
fourth reason, going to LA, I had worked with the sister school on and off for about a year prior to that. So the cool thing about this is I knew the students, the students were the same, they're creative, they're, they're, they have a great energy. They love being there. The, the, the students that we were serving was the same kind of students that I knew about in Florida. And then last was my, my partner, Jay. And that one, that one was a tough one because he works in Florida and I work in LA now. And so we had to have a conversation. And the awesome thing about that was when I told him about the opportunity, he said, that's such a great decision, you know, and it wasn't me deciding to go to the job. It was that I got the offer. He was just so happy about the offer, but he and I worked it out where he said, you know, you make your own decision. I will be in support of you and we'll figure the rest out. We'll figure out the relationship. We'll figure out the flying back and forth. We'll figure that out, but don't let me be in the way of it. Don't let our relationship be in the way of it. So it was those five reasons that, and again, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's how I came to yes. That's yeah, how well, I, I mean, decided I- to say yes. I think it's it's good, though, because I think what it shows is that when you're making a big decision about that, really, there is a holistic approach to it, right? It's not just, do you feel like you could do it? There's also this element of your life that you've built up, your career up to this point, others around you. So there's lots of like things to consider when you make a decision like that and take the next step. Yeah. And, it, and it's for me, it was not at all about the title. That's yeah. the le- that's the least thing. And I know that people are motivated by titles. I get that. And that's, that's them. But for me, it, it had nothing to do with the title. Yeah. I think that was a really valuable and interesting thing for you to share because you have this like strong connection to this, you know, for you being a daughter and being a mother and, and took that into like huge account. And I, I just think it sounds very thoughtful and, and we should all be that thoughtful about decisions like that. So I think it's a little um, inspirational in that regard. So, yeah. So in terms of your role at LA film and, and also in your other jobs too, I know that one of the big things you do is lead teams of people So I want to like ask kind of like two questions about that. So we'll start with what's the best part of leading a team? And then later we'll talk about what's like the hardest or scariest part. How about that? It's the same answer. (laughs) Well, there you go. It's the same answer. (laughs) And that's what makes it so amazing and horrifying. It's just just like it's the same. Because we're people. I love people, but we are all mere mortals. We all come to work every day and we're broken and we're fragile and, and we have stuff stuff from our past and we're in our pockets and in our, you know, coat and that. Sometimes they're stuffed. (laughs) It's stuffed and it's stuffed and stuffed in our pocket, you know, and, and, and so the beauty, I love working with people because the beauty is there's some fundamentals that I think we, some people have forgotten about and it's the power of words. It's the power of kindness. It's the power of connection And sometimes that is what's missing. We all have our tasks. We all have our deadlines. We all have our stressors. We all, we all try to do, for the most part, everyone tries to do a good job, especially in a, you know, in when they care about other people. 
but we miss so many moments in the day to just stop and look at each other and and to to say can i help you or are you know you look lost you know <laughs> you know and and mm-hmm. and it could be toward a student now i could be rushing to a meeting and i'm late and i'm in charge of the meeting and a student is lost I can't leave the student lost. I have to help them. I, you know, I just have to help them. So my favorite thing about leading people is showing them that you can be strong and kind. A lot of people think that kind or being nice is weak. I actually think it takes a lot more strength to do that. Anybody can throw a chair Anybody can throw a chair. Anybody can mm-hmm. get mad and, and, and throw something around or storm out. That's so easy to do. What is difficult is staying in it. I'm getting to the part where it's, it's messy. Staying in it, knee to knee or Zoom to Zoom and, and just staying in it and seeking understanding. And that's what I love to do. I love to seek understanding. So when leading people, whether it's three people, 50 people or 500 people, even though you're delivering messages differently to those different groups, the message is the same. The message is I care about you. I'm working for you and with you. What can we do together? Because if we do it together, it'll be better. And I'm, I'm joyful. And, and I think sometimes people think work is work. I love to work really hard and have a good time. I'm a, I love to goof off. I love to laugh. I love to make jokes. And even in a, you're in good company. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That's great. So I think that if we can, I mean, dude, we're there for like 10 hours a day. I, yeah, yeah, I, we control our environment. We control our culture, every one of us. And so that's what I love about working with people is that showing them no matter what your title is, no matter how long you've been with us, you can be joyful and still get work done. And when they realize that, and when they're given permission to, to do that, it's, it's magical. It's like these, all these little lightning bugs start lighting up and the light becomes brighter and brighter. So that's what I love about working with people. And maybe that's like one of the hardest parts too. (laughs) It's the long game. It's the long game. It doesn't happen in a weekend. It doesn't happen in a year. It may, it may happen if I can't come to work every day and keep trying. (laughs) It may happen and it's going to take years. It's one to one to one, to one. It's the conversation in the parking lot. It's the conversation in the hallway. It's the conversation in the lobby. It's in the meetings. It's when we're doing budgets. It's every touch point that you have. It's those moments that can change a culture over time. And you have to be consistent. And I'm never going to be able to throw a chair. And and I might have every reason to throw a chair. I might have every reason to throw a chair, but I can't throw a chair because I have to, it's on me. It's on me. This is, this is the work that it takes. And, and I will meet you in that spirit of kindness and grace to the best of my ability. And those like leading with kindness and having those like one-on-one experiences that are positive, that change the culture. That's 
so hard. Like you have to decide that because you, you said like everybody's coming with all this baggage, like jammed in their pockets and on their backs. And we've got everything else going on in our lives and our own work and our own tasks. And like to decide to be kind and listen to somebody takes so much more effort than saying, okay, you didn't finish this. Like you have to have it to me by tomorrow or else. Mm-hmm. Like that's the road you could take, or you could say, Hey, what's going on? You're usually right on time with this stuff. Like mm. you don't look like you feel how great. can I help like, you? How can I help how you? How can I help you? Yeah, that how takes way more energy. And so like I, you know, that you, that's hard. So it's yeah. it's admirable. I still have to make the hard decisions. That doesn't go away because I'm kind, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay, so how how are you gonna do that? How, what spirit are you going to take, go into within that meeting? And it takes, it takes a long time and it takes a lot of conversation and a lot of effort, but I tell people are worth it. Human beings are worthwhile, right? And so (laughs) if I'm going to spend anything on growing something, man, it's people, it's, it's all the individuals. And I think this kind of leads like really well into sort of another conversation, like as a leader and considering kind of your position on how leader leadership should look, how, how it's effective, how do you deal with conflict? Like what are your strategies for when there's an issue or a conflict? Oh uh, yeah, it's the hard way too. Um, <laughs> there's no way around it. There's, there's no shortcuts. There's no magic button what I've learned over the course of time. I, I didn't know this. I ran away from conflict long, many, many, many times, you know, that kind of thing in my past and everything. The best way that I can explain it to you, Hannah, is that, again, if, if I can approach a situation in the spirit that that is me, authentically me, no agenda, no nothing hidden, you know, we understand what this meeting is about, there is a conflict and and we have to solve it. And the reason why we want to solve it is because it would be best for our students if we solve this. So what, because once we solve it, then we can continue to focus on our students because that's why we're here is our students and our stuff cannot get in the way of that. So we have a more bigger mission to focus on. So in that time of conflict, I just have this picture of a desk, a clear desk, a big floodlight that's on top of the desk and we put it all out on the table. Everything is out. Everything is transparent. There's no passive aggressive stuff. There's nothing hidden in my pockets and we put it and we address it and we have to break it down. Oftentimes you have to break it down. It's there's in conflict, there's misunderstandings, there's misinterpretations. I was in a, a major conflict and it was, we had two different definitions of one word. And as soon as I figured that out, it was the definition of this particular word. And, and we defined it together. We're good. It <laughs> was like a two hour meeting and it was, we just kept going in circles. And finally I realized, oh, wait, we have a different definition of a word, right? So there's so many reasons why there's conflict. Mm-hmm. So you just have to break all of that out. You've got to figure out what you do agree with. That's why I start with that. What are the places that we do agree on? Because oftentimes there are. So what are we agreeing on first? Okay, good. Then you have that connection because you get each other. 
then you may, if you can just get to the place of understanding as opposed to blaming, as uh, as opposed to being critical, look for understanding. Both parties have got to look for understanding. And if you can do that and you both understand, then you can both collectively, I believe, come up with a solution. Now, sometimes at the end of the day, I still have to make the tough decision, (laughs) you know? It still yeah. might be a directive. It still might be an order. I may disagree. And so that has to fall on me to make sure that I'm clear that I do understand, but this is the direction we're moving. So I have to be clear at the end too. I'm soaking in what you said. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that that's a good point that can be difficult. Mm. Just thinking about, you know, leadership experiences I've had, leadership experiences that you have when you're younger, that it can be difficult to walk the tightrope of wanting to to lead with compassion and listen to folks and try and get on the same page, but also being the person that's in, like ultimately in charge of the vision of that thing and having to like put your foot down at a certain point. Yeah. That, and it- that's a challenging w- line to walk. And who in that, and, and I, I'll work for a win-win, man. I'll work for days on a win-win because I love win-wins. But if I'm not going to get the win-win, the answer, I don't need to win. The answer is, the answer lies within the mission of the organization. If I have to choose between two things, what is the best in this particular situation? What is the best decision to make on behalf of the student? That's what I have mm-hmm. to do. And I think there's so much application for that when you think about all the ways that, that girls might be leaders. Maybe you're working on a school project and you're in a group and you're leading a portion of it, or maybe you're doing your gold award, or maybe you're you know a leader in an extracurricular or a sport. There's lots of opportunities. Your first job. Or- yeah, your first job. Any of those things. Or your counselor and training at camp. Like There's so many opportunities where you're leading something and you have to be the person that brings everyone back to the goal of, of that thing that acknowledges people's feelings and understands that everybody's human, but ultimately remembers that like we have a game to win or we have a project to finish or, you know, we have, you know, we have this mission to work towards Mm -hmm. and it will be messy and it's not going to be perfect. And it's going to, you're going to have compromises and that kind of thing, but there's such beauty in that as well. And you'll make mistakes. And oh my gosh. And you'll regret them and think (laughs) about them. And ever and ever (laughs) and ever and ever. (laughs) I do, I envy people who who don't have anxiety and don't think about those things later. They, it doesn't, uh, they can sort of separate it. So if any of our listeners are in that boat, kudos to you. But there's a lot of us who can relate to like thinking about those mistakes for a long time. So just know that everybody makes them and Absolutely. that it's okay. Absolutely. I've gotten, I'm 56 years old. So I've gotten to the place now where not all the time I'm still struggling with that. I'm the, I'm like you guys, I'm the one that's playing that over, playing that script over. I should have said, or why didn't I do? I've gotten to the place now where that conflict is where I learn another thing. I learn another thing about me, mm-hmm. another thing about the organization, another thing about our students, another thing about working with people. And, and I come out of that 
with another thing that I've learned. And so that has helped soothe some of that anxiety and some of that, you know, replaying over and over because I'm now in a different place. And I'm now, I now have that extra experience that I can, you know, put in again for the next time it happens. So I try to focus on that. Yeah. Positive way to think about it. And I think we talk about that a lot, like that mistakes and failure Mm. opportunities to learn about things. So kind of this feel your feelings and then like actually look at it as an opportunity to learn and not so much beat yourself up about it. (laughs) So, and I think like, I don't know if I have a great transition for this, but I want to talk about it because we've talked about it, which is kind of talking a little bit, and I think this is relevant to our listeners too, about leadership styles in women and kind of your passion and interest around that. And like, we're not talking right or wrong, but what do you kind of see as some of the patterns, the differences between leadership styles or qualities in women versus men? And like, how has that sort of played out as you've developed your leadership? Boy, this one's a tricky one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This one's a tricky one. Because I have examples of both different kind of leaderships, both in female and male. You know, I'll I'll just talk about a term right now. I find that there's just a lot of competition, a competition to be right, competition to get the praise, a competition to be noticed. Um, Sometimes I see it in a swagger you know, that kind of thing, or a positioning of a body. Uh, Sometimes I see it in, you know, people that interrupt, don't let me finish my, you know, come on, let me finish my sentence, those kind of things. So there's this competition to be in the front. I, I believe, I feel, I believe that there are those kind of leaders that are just very, very competitive and, and need the focus on themselves. I believe there's another kind of leadership and I find them, I can, I, Hannah, I can give you examples of women and men in this, but so maybe, maybe I'm being too general or too specific, but I find that, that there's a thoughtfulness in women that I don't oftentimes find in men. There's a patience in women that I don't, and it might be because maybe, I'm not saying that women can't be competitive. I'm saying, I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, you know, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that I find, I guess I can just speak for myself. I don't mind taking longer to understand something instead of barreling through to a quick response and, and rolling over four people. I, I would rather not do that. So I think what, what I can bring to the table that is sometimes missing in meetings is just the patience and the, and the thoughtfulness. And, and there's always folks in the table that don't speak up. And there's always two or three people that consume the meeting that that's just not cool. So what I try to do is I try to give those people that don't speak up an opportunity to speak up. And if they don't want to speak up, then, then I go, I will go find them to make sure that they have, they know that I, I respect their, their, their voice and their opinions I don't want to lead like a man. I just don't. I, I don't want to lead like a lot of the men that I've seen. I, I just don't. That's not who I am. It goes against so much of me. I, I want to lead like me and who I am and what's important to me. And so 
And I believe that there's space for both. You know, yeah. I, I, I truly believe, but if the space that you're trying to, if you, if the space that you're trying to create is one of goodness and positive and safety and, and healthy and loving and careful and all of that, you, you might have to find your need for competition in another place because, you know, we're all in it together. Ultimately, you know, from when we're kids, they're treated, we're treated differently based on, you know, perceived assigned gender. You know what I mean? Like it, we're just treated differently mm-hmm. and that can impact how you end up acting later on and things like that. But I think what it ultimately comes down to is what you said, like you want to lead like yourself, not like someone else. Yeah. And there is some pressure to lead in a way that, you know, like you can go to some management classes and some different things and it can be a little suspicious if if their sort of definition of a good manager aligns really closely with how men act in the workplace mm-hmm. typically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So kind of taking that with a grain of salt and thinking about how you can be yourself as a leader yeah. as well. And I have to say back to you, Han, is that I was one of those girls. I was one of those girls that tried to do everything right, that was tried that tried to not make waves. I didn't want to get in trouble, you know, and I didn't want to cause trouble. And so even just as a young child growing up in that, I I stayed on that road. And then, and then into my adulthood, I was still in that road. I was, I was trying to accommodate and I was trying, and I would, I would squash my own voice. I would squash, you know, I wouldn't listen to that because I I knew that that would cause waves. And it was actually um, you, watching you and, and being influenced by you as you were unfolding in your high school and college years and asking the whys, well, why does it have to be? I mean, how many questions, I mean, how many conversations have we had? It's like, mom, why do you do it that way? Or, you know, you don't, you know, there's another way, you know, that kind of thing. And you would look at me and I was like, oh, I've been doing this for like 400 years this way, or, or I've been thinking this way. So you were actually the one that stimulated the whys and gave me space to go, okay, hold on. I can still do a good job, but I can have a conflicting, I can be, I can have a different of, of opinion. And I, sh- and that opinion is important. And so it yeah. took me a while to get there. So I, I, it, I grew into that. I did not, I have not always been this clear on who I am and how I need to lead. I've not, it, it didn't, I haven't been doing this for a long time. You know, I had to grow into it as well. One thing that I just remembered that you talked about with me in our little pre-interview that resonated with me, your analogy of having a brick and... Oh, my brick. Could you talk about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your brick. Yeah, this is this, this is not mine. Someone, sh- someone shared it with me, so I can't take the credit for it, but it's so simple and it's so true for me. On my very first day of the new gig as the president, I was walking into a room of all of these executives and they didn't know me. <laughs> Many of them didn't know me. And, um, and I had two choices. I could try to define my leadership and who I was in words in this meeting, or I could wait for two or three years for them to figure it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that, those were my, I felt like those were my two choices because it takes two or three years to model that and to be that and, and for people to trust that. So I decided to do both. So I gave them the analogy of a brick. And I said that a brick, you could use a brick 
to throw and break a window, throw it and hurt somebody. Or you could also use a brick to build a path, to build a bridge, to build a fortress or a sanctuary. So if you're wondering what kind of leader I am, I'm the one, I'm the leader that picks up the brick and builds a path. And, And I hope you'll join me in that. So it's, the brick is the same. How do you use the brick? The words are the same. How do you use the words? I have a brick. Hannah, get this. <laughs> On the way, uh, it was, we were late in moving. It was time to move across the country. We were in the car. Moby was in there, packed to the gills. We're going to drive across the country. We're coming out of the driveway at Bonnie Byrne. And I'm like, Jay, stop. I need a brick. And he's like, you need a brick. I'm like, I need a brick. So I go around, I go around the right of the house with the brick, the brick pathway that goes around the house, right? And I pulled up a brick from the house. And I was thinking on two things. I was thinking, oh, this is a brick from the house that I'm leaving. <laughs> I was very sentimental about it, right? And and then I was like, wait, this is the brick. This is the the analogy for the brick thing. And so I put it in the car and, and Jay was, we were so tired and we had, we were so late and getting started. He's like, I really am not even going to ask you about that right now. You can tell <laughs> me later. So that first day I brought in a brick and to that meeting and laid it down in front of the table. And it was a brick from Bonnie Byrne. I still have it in my office. People ask <laughs> so me cool. all the time when they come into my office, what the brick is for. And then I get to tell them the story. Amazing. I'm the brick. We're all the brick. It. Be the brick. <laughs> yeah. Be the brick. <laughs> Love it. (laughs) Well, I think this has been like a really great conversation kind of. There's all these like nuggets of kind of leadership inspiration to take. And I'm curious, like if you could give one or two kind of pieces of advice to uh, someone younger, younger than even me, someone, you know, in middle school or high school, thinking about stepping up, taking the lead, what, what advice would you give them? Go easy on yourself. Don't be so critical. Yeah. You're so, we're all so critical on, again, we are mere mortals. And if, and if you think that everyone else has got their stuff together, (laughs) if you think that you're incorrect, we are, we are all mere mortals. We're all fragile. Don't feel like you have to be perfect on every go. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. And so the first piece of advice would be go easy on that voice inside of your head that says you can't go easy on that voice inside of your head that says, ah, you messed up and uh, you can't do that. No, you can do anything. You just have to have some time to learn and you have to have some time to grow and to experience these stops and starts, you know, so that would be the, one of the first things that I would say. And That's excellent. Advice yeah. For all of us. Yeah. yeah. Any, we yeah. can take, anyone can take that of any age. <laughs> you know, treat mm-hmm. yourself how you treat your best friend. Yeah. The measure of love and care and respect that you are there for your best friend. When they mess up, you're the one that's saying, Oh man, that's not so bad. You're okay. You know, that's, that's going to happen to all of us. And you're comforting them. Comfort yourself. Do that for yourself as well. I guess my second point as far as leadership is when you make a decision, whether it's a project, whether it's decisions that, you know, in your bedroom or your house or whatever, or your friends or, or whatever, just because the answer today is yes 
that doesn't mean that it's yes for the rest, like for the next 40 centuries, you know, (laughs) things change. And the yes that was then that made perfect sense two years later, five months later could be a no now. And be a, and and that means your decision making process is growing along with you. So allow yourself the flexibility to be okay. To be okay with yes, that was a yes then, but it's not a yes anymore. And I, we need to look at the rules on this one, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think it's just giving yourself that flexibility to grow, and and the room to grow, and not be not to be expected. Not don't expect yourself to be perfect. That doesn't, I don't think that exists. We can progress. I I don't think we're going to get to perfect though. And again, that's the, where it's so beautiful. That's where it's so, because we all have that in common. What a great answer. Yeah. Like <laughs> this always happens. We have guests on and then we're like, oh, so inspiring. And oh, then we leave great. and we're like, we're so inspired. I'm so <laughs> happy to know that. It's been delightful. You guys are making me think. You're making me crystallize some things about myself that I probably haven't talked about. So just putting the words out to you has helped me also crystallize some things, which is great. Can I just give you four or five words that resonate with me? Yeah. yeah. Grit, which is work hard for me. I'll work anybody under the table. <laughs> I just will. Yeah. We use the word grit in Girl Scouts a lot, especially right now, um, because it just kind of embodies like, yeah, you know, what's going on right exactly. now. Exactly. How girls are feeling and it is, what they need to do. Um, second is gratitude. It could be a bowl of soup. It could be a, a bird song. It could be a, a call from a friend. It could be a, a sweater. Gratitude. There's always something that we can be grateful for. And in that level, in that place of gratitude is when we realize how, how fortunate we are. And um, so grit, gratitude, grace, moving in the spirit of grace. And, and are they all G words, mom? I know, right? No, wait, I haven't. Gratitude, grace. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I know. No, well, you can come up with a word that means fortitude. If there's a G word that means fortitude, then yes, they're all G's. But fortitude <laughs> is strength to me. You can you can move with grace and still be strong. You can be strong in a place of gratitude. You can be strong in a place of grit, and and you can be a strong woman and or girl or female, and 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 be you can you can have all of those things. You don't have to decide to have one or the other. You can be all of those things. And those are my three G words and one F word that I'd like to share with you. <laughs> I looked it up and, and there's beautiful uh, gutsiness. No. I don't know. That's- <laughs> don't like that one. That's too sassy. Great. Gratitude. Grace. Gutsiness. <laughs> Gumption. Huh? Gumption. That's good. Nailed it. That'll be, the, that'll be the title of my book. Or your yeah. Book. Yeah. Do it. We'll see who writes it first. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks so much for oh. this great conversation. Let's do it's this been awesome. every day. Can we do this every day? This is <laughs> yes, please. So great to talk with you and learn from you and your and your provocative questions. It's just been very. It's been very good for me too. Very good. Because sometimes so being in this position is can be lonely too. It's you feel alone, and so this has been very very helpful for me. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. That's funny because that was one of my questions that we didn't get time for. Oh, yeah. Was, do you ever feel alone? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I feel yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we usually end our episodes right. with a would you rather question that is kept secret from me as oh, well this until the moment it's revealed by Idell. And then hopefully dun, dun, listening dun. along, you're choosing which would you rather would you choose as well. Can you so go Idell, so you can go first? I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay. Let's well, listen to the question. I'm gonna read the question and then we and then we can decide organically who's gonna go first. It's okay, uh, I do. It's usually <laughs> Hannah because she's very decisive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know that about her. <laughs> okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's okay to be nervous. Okay. We understand. Okay. Would you rather only wear one color each day for the rest of your life or have to wear seven colors each day? Oh. Like you so have to wear all By one colors. color, it's like your entire outfit is green. Yeah. It's like monochrome. Or you have to wear seven colors. So it's kind of a little bit of a personality thing. You know, <laughs> it's a big decision. Hmm. I need to I know my counsel. answer. <laughs> I need to seek counsel. Can I call a few people? To see? You cannot phone a friend. This has to be and it has to be now. Okay. I know what I would pick. I would pick Of course you do. <laughs> I'm always the first to go. I would pick one color. A day. So like you could it's it can be a different color each day. I was thinking it was one color. For the rest of your oh, life. For your whole Forever. life. I know it does say each day. Hmm. So I guess that's confusing because yeah, we both interpreted it differently. Well, you know what? My answer is the same, even if it's for the entire okay. for my entire life. I would pick one color and have that color <laughs> for my entire life. I think that's cool. I think I would be quirky and people would be like, it's the I don't know what color. Probably maybe purple. I, I'm not sure. I'm wearing purple. Yeah, right you have now. to pick your color. <laughs> I want to know. Um, yeah, I, maybe like purple, or I also like that it's popular right now. That sort of like burgundy, purpley, red color. I think I would probably pick that. Mm. But then it would like people would know me as that. You know what I mean? And I, I'm always interested in people who have capsule wardrobes, like or a, yeah, a uniform too. that they wear, where they wear basically the same thing every day, because the thought is that like you use less of your decision-making power on your clothes and you're focusing on like important decisions. And I think for a lot of people, clothes are a way to express themselves. That's not really true for me. <laughs> I like to just wear like the same thing every day as long as it fits my personality. And then like, and then I can be known for that. So I pick one color. Yeah. I would have, if I would have thought Idel, I thought I would have thought she had, would have said multiple colors. I kind of thought so too. Yeah, I was yeah. a little bit yeah. blown away. I was surprised. <laughs> For me, I think that if I were 40 and younger, the answer would have been one color. Uh -huh. I'm getting a little gutsy in my older <laughs> age. You know? Some gutsiness. Taking yeah. some risks. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And That's so one of our G words. <laughs> 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 and so I am finding myself just really opening up to colors that I've just ignored for all of my life, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and so I think now I would say seven. Yeah. I think that right. I'm at that place where I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting answer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you picked that because 
I didn't want us all to pick the same thing because that's oh. just not that interesting. And I'm going to pick the same thing as Hannah, which Hannah probably guessed because I am one of those people with a uniform. And let's be honest, I'm wearing three different shades of brown on my body right now. <laughs> and they're all similar to the color of my hair. So I'm wearing brown pants, a like dark Love sort of like duck khaki shirt and like a tan pullover and this is basically my uniform i would however pick blue to be most of my closet is blue i just happen to be wearing all of my my only brown clothes (laughs) i'm wearing all of them was it because you knew the question (laughs) no i picked i always pick the question like i picked the question we were chatting okay uh that's great. Starting our episode today. So I always pick it at the last second, so I don't even have time to think about it. I love it. And I can't. I don't have to be distracted by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was good. Ooh, that's that was a, a good question. One. All right. Now it's time for Girls Pick. Hi, I'm Dulce. I'm in 11th grade, and these are my top three movie picks. She's All That because it's an old romance story, Flipped because it has a cute plot, and Brooklyn because it's a historical romance. Girl Talk is brought to you by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Our host is Hannah Gilbert. The show is produced by Adele Erickson and edited by Sarah Micatel. For more about the podcast and our team, go to girltalk.girlscoutsrv.org. See you next time.